Support for this podcast comes from Davis Malm. If you're a buyer, seller, investor, or lender, Davis Malm attorneys know each deal has unique needs and requirements. Building client relationships one transaction at a time. More at davismalm.com. D-A-V-I-S-M-A-L-M dot com. WBUR Podcasts. Boston. I'm Daryl C. Murphy, and you're listening to The Comet. The Massachusetts Department of Correction announced last week that it will close the state's oldest men's prison. The planned closure of MCI Concord is expected to save the state millions of dollars, and it comes as the state's incarceration rates continue to decline. WBUR senior correspondent Deborah Becker reported on the announcement of the closure, and she is here to tell us more about it. Deb, welcome back to The Common. Thanks for having me. Can you start us off by telling us more about the Department of Corrections decision and what's behind it? Well, I think the the biggest thing behind it is the reduction in the state's incarceration rate. Uh, The rate has gone down Mm -hmm. almost uh, by half in the past decade. So there are fewer people incarcerated. That's one. And as you said, Daryl, this is the oldest men's prison in Massachusetts. So it's a building that needs a lot of work. And when the state was looking at how much it was going to cost to repair the building and the number of prisoners there, which is about 300 men, they decided that it made sense to close it. Here's what Governor Healy said when she was outlining her budget plan about why she decided that MCI Concord should close. Well, it's going to mean a savings of about $16 million a year. It also reflects the fact that our prison population has declined. It's at the lowest point that it has been in 35 years. Real quick, I want to zero in on the financial details here. What kind of opportunities does that present the state? Will they uh, funnel that money towards programs related to incarceration and reentry? Well, it's unclear what the state will do with the savings at this point, but there are certainly people who are calling for the state to use the savings from the closing of MCI Concord for reentry programs, restorative justice programs, yep. and other prison programming to help people. Um, it would make sense mm-hmm. uh, for th- for that money to be used in such a way, but we don't necessarily know at this point how those savings will be utilized. There's also, Daryl, the additional savings of, of not having to fix the building. And I spoke with State Senator Jamie Eldridge, who is co-chair of the legislature's Judiciary Committee, and he said the deferred maintenance on this building and other capital improvements total about $190 million. Mm. So this is what he said about the closing. The buildings are so old that I think part of the factor here was the significant cost it would have taken to make improvements to these facilities at a time when the prison population continues to decline. What happens to the building now? Will they tear it down or sell it? Well, obviously, Concord is an area where real estate is at a premium. uh, And what the state has said was that this uh, site would likely be used for non-correctional purposes and would mm. be open to development. I think there will be a lot of interest in what happens with the MCI Concord site going forward. 
Now, let's talk about another aspect of MCI Concord's plan closure, and that is the decline in the amount of people in state custody. And I also want to note, Deb, you reported on a state prison closure back in 2022. So can you talk about the conclusions that we can draw from this decline in the number of people in state prisons? Well, I think part of it is a national trend to uh, reduce mass incarceration, uh, which really was at a peak a couple Mm -hmm. of years ago. So there is a real national movement toward not using our, our prisons, really, to incarcerate so many people. And there have been a lot of reforms made on the sentencing front, and there have been more efforts to get people treatment for mental health or addiction or other things that they may need, rather than putting them behind bars. So that's been going on for, for a couple of years now. But Massachusetts, according to all the national data, is is a leader in taking those steps to reduce incarceration. And one of the things that really affected this was the Criminal Justice Reform Act of 2018. So what we know is that Mm -hmm. in the past six years since that act was implemented, there were steps taken to decriminalize low-level offenses and to make sure that there were investments in things like restorative justice and also to improve things like medical parole um, and restrictive housing. So it's a, it's a huge bill that really sought to look at incarceration and how we're doing it. And that's believed to have had a real effect on our incarceration rate. But we should say a recent study of this legislation and what it's done to incarceration also showed that while incarceration rates have declined, uh, there is still Uh, a racial gap here. And more work needs to be done to make sure that those disparities uh, based on race are also addressed in the future. Did you talk to any advocates or people who were formerly incarcerated to get their reaction to the plan closure? I did speak with some folks. And I think that uh, what they say is that they're they're very happy uh, that the state is taking this step. They say that they hope that the savings will be utilized for reentry programs and other programming in prison because most of the people who are incarcerated will be released. So adequate programming in prison and reentry helps everyone, helps public safety mm-hmm. overall if that money can be utilized for that. So I think uh, the advocates are very happy, but they are watching to make sure that uh, the money is is used to uh, improve the way things are currently being done in terms of programming. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back. The world's clean energy future relies on ancient elements still in the ground. Without mining, there will not be a clean energy transition. But pulling them out of the ground comes at an environmental and human cost. Mining is intrusive, but the results are the building blocks for products that we use every single day. I'm Meghna Chakrabarty. Join me on point for Elements of Energy, Mining for a Green Future, five special episodes. Listen and follow On Point wherever you get your podcasts. Did you kill Marlene Johnson? I think you're one of the first people to have actually asked. 
from WBUR and ZSP Media, this is Beyond All Repair, a new podcast about an unsolved murder that will leave you questioning everything. Somebody should be in jail for murdering my sister. A woman who's never been believed. As long as they think I have done this, then they're not looking for who actually did this. And that's what makes it a cold case. No, it's a botched case. And a search for the truth, once and for all. Wow, it just gets more interesting. Beyond All Repair. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. Be careful. You're digging in a place that's been very peaceful for a while. Do it anyway. Dig. And we're back with more from Deborah Becker. Broadly speaking, what kind of impact does the closure of a prison have on a community like that? Well, I think the uh, the impact is is enormous, right? I, I mean, I think there are hundreds of people who go to work there every day. There's a lot of activity there. Um, when you drive through the Concord Rotary past the prison, there are high fences with barbed wire and watchtowers. So I think the potential will be enormous to not have a prison there. But, mm-hmm. you know, exactly what it will be is not clear because we don't know what will be taking its place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a prison closure and, you know, especially as it comes amidst uh, declining rates of incarceration in the state, you know, that all sounds like positive news, right? Is there anyone opposed to the prison closing? The Massachusetts Correction Officers Union is very much opposed and has sent a letter to the governor saying that it wants a pause on any plans to close MCI Concord. It says there are about 300 correction officers working there for just over 300 prisoners. It wants to be involved in the logistical planning of how prisoners would be transferred, where they would be transferred to, and the classification of them. The Mm. Correction Officers Union says that the closing of MCI Cedar Junction which, as you mentioned, was announced in 2022. It was completed last year in 2023. And it says that that closing allowed high-risk prisoners to be transferred to situations that posed a threat to other facilities when when those prisoners were moved. The correction officers uh, did a study and said in six weeks, there were more than 600 disciplinary reports written and 40 officer assaults took place after MCI Cedar Junction was closed and many of the prisoners were transferred to the Sousa Baranowski Correctional Center. So they're saying that this is a safety threat and has the potential to be a safety threat. So they are asking the governor to put a pause on closing, study the effects of it, and allow the union to be fully involved in any classification process or moving of prisoners and correction officers. Can we expect to see this union have an influence on the process moving forward? Well, the Correction Officers Union is a powerful union, uh, and it Mm -hmm. has a lot of influence on Beacon Hill. It will be interesting to see how how this plays out. Uh, The governor's office hasn't commented on this letter from the union, but it is very strongly asking the governor not to allow this to go forward. So far, MCI Concord will be the second prison to close in recent years 
as the state's incarceration rates decline. Can we expect to see more prisons close in the future? I think the next big issue in terms of potential prison closures will be MCI Framingham. That's the state prison for women. It's virtually empty at this point. There are very few Mm. prisoners there. Again, the buildings are very old. It's a very old, dilapidated facility. And many of the women have been moved to other facilities that can accommodate women because of the condition of the buildings there. So I think the state did put forward a plan to build a new woman's prison. It's been met with a lot of opposition, and that is Mm -hmm. currently on hold. But it'll be interesting to see what happens with MCI Framingham going forward. Well, Deb, thank you, as always, for coming through to The Common. It's been a pleasure, and, you know, we really value your work. So thank you so much uh, uh, for talking with us. Yeah, nice talking with you, Daryl. Thank you. That's WBUR senior correspondent Deborah Becker. And that's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening to The Common. If you like what you're hearing, please go to wherever you listen to podcasts, especially Apple or Spotify. Rate and review us. Let us know how you're liking the show. Y'all, we would really appreciate it. Thank you to everybody who's already done it. And if you want to get in touch with us, hit us up on Instagram at WBURTheCommon or send us an email at thecommon at WBUR.org. I'm Daryl C. Murphy, and I will talk to you tomorrow.